Blog Talk Radio.
Well, good evening, folks, and welcome to another fun-filled hour of the Dr. C. Robert Jones situation Okay, sorry about that. Some more news going on in the background there. Well, uh, firestorm, fireworks, Friday. Rudy Giuliani. Oh, no, no, wait, 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 wait. We've got some stuff to take care of here. First thing we've got to take care of is the date. Today's date is February 23rd. Yeah, United States of America, planet Earth, third planet from the sun. Of course, the year is 2015. Wow. You know, I've been doing this show since 2010. And there have been some folks who I have become friends with on Blog Talk Radio who have been doing the show, doing their shows for, for longer than that. Um, Jermaine, with Conservative Primetime, and uh, G. Ski um, with his show, and uh, you know uh, Tesla, and a whole lot of other great blog talk hosts. Southern Sense, a lot of lot of radio hosts. And you know when we started um, these shows, we 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 would get together and we'd have these roundtables where we'd have like um, several uh, conservative blog talk hosts. Um, all on one show. And we talk about a variety of things. You know, a lot of times we were talking about politics and and Obama and Congress and, and all of that. And those shows were pretty popular. They were great shows, and we, we enjoyed doing them. But you know what our most popular blog talk shows were, our most popular broadcast were? When we – well, when we talked about conspiracies, conspiracy theories um, – you know any, anything um you know from the kennedy assassination to um you know things with uh, with regard to obama's uh uh birth certificate and whether he was born in the united states and you know shows like that and uh and and we'd always you know we'd see our 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 stats our numbers go up dramatically uh for those types of um those types of broadcasts uh, if we were talking about uh, you know event, uh, current events, news of the day, and generic things like that, we'd have some pretty good ratings. We'd have folks coming in and listening to the show, and and we'd have um, you know folks in the chat rooms, and we'd have lots of downloads, you know the usual stuff. But it was it was always when we talked about conspiracies that we would have our our greatest, we'd see the biggest numbers. And we'd consistently be in the top, you know, the top one or two pages, the top ten uh, in conservative radio back in uh, 2011 and 2012 was the heyday for conservative primetime, uh, Tesla and uh, and my show and uh, – and some of the others, if you if you've been around that long, you remember some of those shows. But uh, yeah, hey, Mary's in the house. Uh, D O C D L B is in here. Uh, Casanova Frankenstein, Lady Michelle's in the house. John Galt's here. Got a lot of folks in the chat room. But anyway, so as I was saying, shows like the one I'm about to do right now is where we see our biggest audience. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy Giuliani, 
America's mayor, brought it up. Stuff we haven't talked about in in a couple of years. I know I, know I haven't I haven't gotten into it, but but we used to talk about this stuff all the time. And, and so let's get started. Uh, the call in number is three four seven eight eight four eighty five hundred. Rudy Giuliani, former prosecutor, great state of New York, and mayor of the great city of New York, doubled down on his claims that President Obama, quote, doesn't love America, end quote. And in an interview with the Post on Friday, he claimed that the commander-in-chief has been influenced by communist since his youth. Now, we used to do shows, you know, talking about and discussing whether or not President Obama was born in Indonesia, whether he was born in America, whether or not his birth certificate was forged. And we would get into things like uh, him, his having no less than 12 social security numbers attached to his names, all sorts of things like that. And there's always some speculation about those things. There, there would always be, well, maybe, maybe not. Is it important? Is it, is it, I mean, are we, we just fill in time here. But here, Giuliani touched on something that we happen to have quite a bit of knowledge of facts. Facts. Now, usually when I talk about facts, a liberal will counter by saying those are your facts. You know, or facts can be manipulated and so on and so forth. They're always trying to find a way to slither out of uh, you know, facts. But here it just so happens to be uh, – the, the subject matter just happens to be extremely factual. There's a lot of background here, a lot of it. From the time he was nine years old, Obama was influenced by Frank Marshall Davis, who was a communist. Giuliani said, the, said that um, – he added that Obama's grandfather – introduced him to Davis, a writer and labor activist. Now, liberals have said in the last few days that, among other things, that, well, Frank Marshall Davis was a great influence on Obama, but that Mr. Davis served admirably during World War II. Somehow that's supposed to make Frank Marshall Davis a patriot or a lover of America and not socialism or communism simply because he served during World War II. But Giuliani also said another bad influence of Obama was Saul Alinsky, a community organizer whom the ex-mayor called a socialist. Now, we happen to know that's true as well. We know all of these things to be factual and that Obama was indeed influenced by these two people in addition to his mom, who was a humanist or socialist as well, because Obama talks about these things in his book, Dreams of My Father. He has mentioned Frank numerous times in interviews and in his book, 
the dreams of my fathers as being a major influence. So those things are true, and we happen to know those are facts. Lady Michelle writes in the chat room, I heard some claim that Obama cherished his white grandparents. Aren't those the very same people he claimed were racist? Well, yeah, I guess we'll get into that too. The man once called America's mayor also sharply criticized the president for having been a member of the church led by Jeremiah Wright. Now, he spent 17 years in the church of Jeremiah Wright, and this is the guy who said, quote, God damn America, not – well, not God bless America, God damn America, that's in the Bible for killing innocent people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And Obama never left that church. Well, again, these are facts. The Reverend Jeremiah Wright did say those things. The Reverend Jeremiah Wright preached um, liberation theology, not your standard uh, you know, Christian theology or Baptist or, or what have you. He didn't, he didn't teach that way. It was all about uh, African Americans overcoming the white devil and how God plays a part in that. And how do you know this? How do I know this? Well, as I've stated numerous times on, on, on my show and others, I am a native of Chicago. Moreover, I am a native of the south side of Chicago. And one time, just one time, I did attend Jeremiah Wright's church when he was a lot younger, and so was I. And I don't recall what the sermon was at that time. I I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. You know the the date. I can I can I can get you to the year <laughs> that I I I was in the church and maybe the you know I know it was winter time, but that was it. So I know, but but I do know what that church teaches, and it's not your standard sermon. Jeremiah Wright is an activist, and he doesn't like white people. And I can tell you that for a fact, not just based on what he said. So now put all these things together. Put put some of the things together that we we've, we've just that I've just laid out there for you. No, Obama doesn't love America like a lot of presidents do, or or, or you know he doesn't. Giuliani touched on a he hit a nerve. Obama doesn't talk about America being a great country or being exceptional. He 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 certainly I mean remember how Ronald Reagan would would make us feel good? I mean, just some of the things he said helped us reaffirmed how we felt as Americans. Yeah, we've had our flaws. We've done some things that maybe we're not proud of as a country. No, we've done some things that we're not proud of as a country. Let's put it out there like that. But we are an exceptional uh, country. We are an exceptional people. Obama doesn't speak to that. He never has. This is a man who took issue with wearing a an American uh, flag lapel pin. While everyone else around him wore one, he said he doesn't feel he needs to. 
And what did his wife say? For the very first time in my adult life, I'm proud of my country. And why? Because her husband won the primary. For the very first time in her life, she's proud of her country. For the very first time in my life, I'm proud in my – no, for the very first – I quote, for the very first time in my adult life, I'm proud of my country. Wow. So she's been around for like 40-something years during at that time, and she's never been proud of her country until her her husband won the, the uh, primary? Think about that. This is a woman he's married to. No, Obama is not pro-America. That's obvious. So then why is the mayor getting such backlash? Because we've all said it, and it's been, it's been all over the news. But when Giuliani, Mayor Rudolph Giuliani says it, somehow it's like a big deal now because perhaps um, Mayor Giuliani carries a little weight. Could that be it? Mayor Giuliani is well-respected, looked up to by a great many people. Could that be why there's such a backlash? Could that be why the mayor, Mayor Giuliani, is receiving death threats? Because he called Obama out as being anti-American? Because a lot of folks say these things about Obama. Hell, Donald Trump does it. Donald Trump has been doing it for years. He's been calling out Obama for years. I've not heard that 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 um, that the Donald is getting death threats or even being taken seriously. I mean, he's on Fox News once or twice a week. And he says even worse things about Obama. But it's not all over the news. But when the mayor, America's mayor, steps out and says what's on a lot of folks' minds, now it's all it's all a big deal now. And now Giuliani also bashed Obama for seemingly seeming to focus more attention on the police shootings in Missouri, which he turns out which turns out to be justified, than the killings by Islamic fanatics. He and and I'll quote him here: How could you hold a press conference about Ferguson and not hold a press conference when Christians and Jews were slaughtered? End quote. It's a good question. So, what do you think? You know, it, it's uh, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? And in, in Obama's bloviating speech on uh, last Thursday at his summit on countering violent extremism, President Obama bent over backwards to make nice with Islam. Not only were terrorists not Muslim, President Obama stated, but Islam played a crucial role. In founding America, Islam, Obama stated – and this is not the first time he's done so. This is not the first time he stated that uh, – made that statement. And here, here's the quote. Uh, here in America, Islam 
and this is a direct quote, quote, Islam has been woven into the fabric of our country since its founding, end quote. Obama seems significantly more comfortable with this characterization over the years of the historic role of Islam than he is with the non-fictional, actual historic role of Christianity and Judaism in America's founding. Obviously, it's clear that President Barack Hussein Obama is no historian. Either that, or he knows that he is lying, and he just doesn't care. After all, this is the same man who stated in 2006, and I quote, Whatever we once were, we are no longer a Christian nation, at least not just. We are also a Jewish nation, a Muslim nation, a Buddhist nation, and a Hindu nation, and a nation of non-believers. End quote. So here we find in 2006 that President Obama has downplayed Christianity and the Christian influence on this great nation. He started doing this in 2006 as far as this is documented. We're not – we're no longer a Christian nation according to Obama. What is his deal with Christianity? One wonders what he what does he have what, what does he have against the, us being a Christian nation if he's not a Muslim, or or maybe he is he just being politically correct? Could that be it? Should we give him the benefit of the doubt and just maybe he's just being politically correct? Maybe he's just trying to please. The let's see, what do we got? Hindus. Maybe he's just trying to make the Hindus feel good, Muslims, Buddhists, and 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 the atheists. Maybe he's just trying to make he wants us all to feel like we're part of it. Could that be it? Mary writes in the chat room: only eighty percent say they're Christian. Wow, but but then that's a lot. 80%? That's like there's only like 20% left after that. So <laughs> All right. So it's fair to say that modern Turkey was not founded upon the same principles as the United States. It's also fair to say that Islam has not been woven into the fabric of our country since it's founded, at least in any meaningful sense. That does not mean that there were no Muslims in America at its founding. Many African slaves were originally Muslim and were forcibly converted from that faith. But to say that Islam as a religion has been woven into the fabric of our country since our founding is simply false. The first wave of Muslim immigrants to the United States did not begin until well after the Civil War. The first mosque in the United States was not built until 1915, by most reports. 
Islam had zero impact on the founding on on our foundings, zero impact on our founders or their philosophy, less than zero. Given that the founders despised the religion or what they knew of it. So President Obama fictionalized this history in 2012. <laughs> and so here's what here's what he said. As I've noted before, Thomas Jefferson once held a sunset dinner here with an envoy from Tunisia, perhaps the first iftar at the White House more than 200 years ago. And some of you, as you arrive tonight, may have seen our special display, courtesy of our friends at the Library of Congress, the Koran that belonged to Thomas Jefferson. And that's a reminder, along with the generations of patriotic Muslims in America, that Islam, like so many faiths, is a part of our national story. That's what Obama said. Well, let's go ahead and let Dr. C. Robert Jones, Ph.D. from the College of William and Mary, handle this one. <laughs> Not so much, Mr. Obama. That magical first iftar was a meeting between Sidi Somali Melamini, an emissary of the brutal Barbary pirates. And the president, Jefferson, had over Melamini, I think I pronounced it correctly, in an attempt to bribe him into submission after the USS Constitution captured ships from the Bay of Tunis. Milimilili requested food, lodgings, and concubines. Jefferson already knew of Islam, having been educated in 1786 after Barbary pirates attempted to blackmail America into monetary tribute. At that time, the Barbary emissary justified piracy with references to the Koran, according to a report from, yes, Jefferson himself. The ambassador answered, Yes. So there we go. So I guess Obama tried to throw a spin on there. So basically, Barbary pirates attempted to bribe the United States of America and requested food, lodging, and some hoes. Or whores, if you insist. But where I come from, they're called hoes. So the pirates... <laughs> We're trying to get some chow, some place to sleep, and some skanks. And they were lobbying Jefferson for that. So, But Obama spins it as if there was some sort of a beer summit going down, and everybody was like gathered around and singing Kumbaya, and that's not what happened. The ambassador answered <laughs> that... 
it was founded on the laws of the prophet, that it was written in their Koran that they should go around pirating and killing and maiming, that all nations who should not have acknowledged their authority were sinners. Does this sound familiar? That it was their right and duty to make war upon them, whomever they could be found, and to make slaves of all they could take as prisoners. This is what Milamalali, during the first Istar, said to Jefferson. Does all that sound familiar? Because they've been consistent over the centuries, haven't they? That the Quran teaches them to make war, to kill, and to maim as they see fit if they don't agree with their teachings. So there we go. Yeah, Obama lied. Yeah, and John Quincy Adams had something to do with this too. Obviously, President Obama is rewriting history. But since he's busy rewriting the present too, why should we be surprised? So, I mean, but but let me ask you this. How do you – you got to have balls as big as church bells to stand in front of an audience and say something that's obviously not true. To spin it and think that n- there are not a historians around, that nobody's going to question him and say that didn't happen that way. It did, th- that's not a, that at all how it happened. And that the Quran, well, that wasn't Jefferson's Quran at all. That's amazing. Well, well, we're, 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 we've got so much more to talk about, and I don't, I don't think we're going to get to it all in an hour because we still need to get back to uh, President uh, Frank Marshall Davis Obama. Because you know, as I stated earlier in the broadcast, there's so much going on with with regard to Frank Marshall Davis and Rudy Giuliani opened up a large can of worms because. There's no way to spin out of this. It just so happens that Rudy Giuliani is extremely credible, which is why we're all talking about it, which is why it's still in the news after about a week, which is a long time in the news cycle. And it's credible because President Obama has already opened that door. But here's the thing I was thinking about earlier today. He was still elected president. Twice. So is there, I mean, does America want socialism? Obviously, we wanted a president who had Marxist leanings and tendencies. A lot of Americans did, or they didn't believe it. What is Obama's past? Well, we'll take a short break and we'll come back and we'll talk about it. The call in number is 347-884-8500 and we'll be right back. Two dead, 79 exposed after Superbug outbreak in hospital. 
Obama says military alone cannot defeat violent extremism. And Ukraine calls for a peacekeeping force. These are the True News headlines. I'm D.W. Balch. Contaminated medical instruments are to blame for infecting seven patients, including two who died with a potential deadly superbug at a Los Angeles hospital. A total of 179 patients have been exposed to the antibiotic-resistant bacteria. Tests on a patient uncovered the outbreak. Obama says... U.S. says that Al-Shabaab's threat to Western shopping malls is serious. U.S. Department of Homeland Security faces possible shutdown. And Ukraine delays heavy weapons pullback, blaming rebel attacks. These are the True News headlines. I'm D.W. Balch. A top administration official says he's taking seriously a threat by Somali terrorists to attack shopping centers in the U.S., Britain, and Canada. The threat was via Al-Shabaab video, the Somali-based group that in 2013 attacked the Westgate shopping mall in Nairobi, killing 67 people. Simon Marks has more. In the video, an Al-Shabaab fighter specifically cites the two Westfield shopping centers in London as possible targets, as well as Oxford Street. President Obama's Homeland Security Secretary, Jay Johnson, told ABC the White House is taking the threat seriously. We're in a new phase now. This most recent video release reflects that. Barack Hussein Obama and the Republican Party are on a collision course over funding for the Department of Homeland Security. The deadline for lawmakers to vote on spending on the department looms this week. But once again, there's a deadlock between the White House and Capitol Hill. Lorna Shattuck reports. The House of Representatives has already passed a spending bill, but with a provision that defunds the DHS. That's on the grounds that it's the department that will administer President Obama's executive order, protecting up to 5 million undocumented migrants from deportation. Democrats argue that consideration of immigration should be separate from funding the Department of Homeland Security, but Republicans disagree with President Obama's action, saying he's overstepped his authority on the issue and must be stopped. If they agree, the bill will then go to the president, who's already said he'll use his veto. Ukraine delayed a promised pullback of heavy weapons from the front line in eastern Ukraine, blaming continuing attacks from separatist rebels. Under a peace agreement reached February 12th, both sides were to withdraw their heavy weapons 16 to 44 miles back to create a buffer zone. Verification is a key sticking point as the talks in Iran's nuclear program resume in Geneva. Secretary of State John Kerry is expected to participate. The United States and its allies staged 25 airstrikes on Islamic State fighters in Iraq and Syria. From Sunday morning through Monday morning, the coalition staged 11 strikes near Hasaka that hit 10 tactical units and 6 raids near Kobani that struck 5 tactical units and 5 fighting positions. Syrian Kurds have been pushing Islamic State back in recent fighting with the coalition's help. Nigeria's military has recaptured the town of Baga near Lake Chad in the northeast of the country from Boko Haram extremists. The Nigerian army has also reportedly secured at least 12 more towns previously controlled by the Muslim terrorists. For more news, views, and comments, go to truenews.com. That's T-R-U-N-E-W-S dot com. I'm D.W. Balch. Hey, Joaquin, I'm out here with Apollo Tester, wide receiver for the Patriots. You guys had one heck of a game tonight. Uh, how'd it go? I mean, it was going a little back and forth. You guys knew it was going to be a tough dogfight out there, and it was. So what were you guys able to do to come back and win this thing? All right, well, at first we started slow. We started real slow. 
And, you know, that's all right. That's okay because sometimes in life you're going to start slow. That's okay. We, we, we told ourselves, hey, we're going to start slow. We're going to keep going fast. We're going to start slow, but we're always, always going to finish fast. No matter what the score was, we're going to finish hard. We're going to finish fast. Yeah, they had us the first half. I'm not going to lie. They had us. We weren't defeated, but they had us. But it took guts. It took an attitude. That's all it takes. That's all it takes to be successful is an attitude. And that's what our coach told us. He said, he said, hey, it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. You're going to go out there. You're going to battle. You're going to fight. You're going to do it for one. You're going to do it for one another. Do it for each other. You're going to do it for yourself. You're going to do it for us. And you're going to go out with this win. And we believe that. We truly did. And it's, it's an awesome feeling. It's an awesome feeling when you truly believe that you're going to be successful regardless of the situation. For the first time in my adult life, I am proud of my country because it feels like hope is finally making a comeback. Let me tell you something. For the first time in my adult lifetime, I'm really proud of my country. And not just because Barack has done well, but because I think people are hungry for change. Not anymore. Not anymore. We're not hungry for change anymore. Take that young that young wide receiver for that high school football team that I just played for you. His enthusiasm about hope and about an attitude. Well, I played that for a reason. He has the attitude. He has an attitude that we can overcome this administration's with our great nation attempting to remake the United States of America. Michelle Obama, the clip I played just after that, for the first time in her life, twice she said it, she's proud to be an American because we can overcome this hope. Yeah, I don't think so, Michelle. Michelle and her husband have taken this country down a peg or two. But yeah, there is hope. We're going to get back up. We're going to shake off Michelle and her husband. And they're going to go on back to Chicago. He's going to go down as the worst president in history. And we're going to have to start rebuilding America once again. Now, now. I think it was Mary who wrote in the chat room. Was it Mary who wrote in the chat room? Something that that I – yes, Mary wrote, Americans are armed. We don't need DHS. Remember, folks, that the Department of Homeland Security is not something that's been around like the Department of State or or, or, or the CIA or the FBI – Department of Homeland Security is relatively new. It's only been around since 9-11, and it was created in response to 9-11. So it was like a new agency created, and why was it created? I know we're getting a little off subject here, but let's, let's do this. It was It was created because of sibling rivalry. And what do I mean by that? Well, 
there's a long standing there's been a long standing tradition that the CIA, FBI, the DIA Defense Intelligence Agency, the NSA National Security Agency, all of these alphabet agencies were vying for funds. They were vying for to be top dog of the, the, the protectors of America, the guardians of this nation. They all wanted to be top dog, and for what reason? For funding. With funding came power and so on. So they wouldn't talk to each other. They wouldn't communicate. They, they refused to work together because each one was out for its own interest. And, and frankly, friends, as I'm sure a lot of you already know this, there were cracks. And the 9-11 terrorists figured this out. Because as we know now, the CIA knew something about what was going on, but they weren't quite sure. The The NSA heard some chatter, but they weren't talking to the CIA. And, on, and the FBI had heard something, but they weren't getting... So, so to fix all this, Homeland Security was created to fix this non-communication issue. So Mary's absolutely right. We don't need the Department of Homeland Security. And I'm sure Congress already knows this. What we need is for the CIA, the FBI, the DIA, the NSA, and the ABCDEFG to work together. That would make Homeland Security superfluous. They, they they wouldn't they wouldn't be they they would be unnecessary. But I I I know that Congress already knows this, and so does the president. These guys are superfluous. They're unnecessary. So, but but I still wonder. I'm waiting, at the edge of my seat, and I, as I know many of you are, because what what, what we're what. What, what What is it? What are we wondering? Well, we're wondering when, how soon, how close are we going to get before the Republicans in the House cave? And their bluff is called, and they cave and fund home, the Department of Homeland Security along with the immigration deal. Because it's, it's going to happen. I, I can't see the Republicans following through with this threat. Can you? I don't think so. Now, I got one more clip for you. Obama marks, uh, mocks Christians who cling to their guns and their religion. People have been beaten down so long. And they feel so betrayed by government. So that's fine in them that they get better and they cling to guns or religion or uh, antipathy towards people who aren't like that. And a way to explain their frustrations. There are kids who still believe in the American dream. They think it exists. 
We are five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. So in those two clips, we heard Obama say folks who cling to their religion, their guns, and all of that. You know, they started – you know what's amazing to me? How how far America has fallen off in terms of what we expect from our elected officials. Do you do, do, do any of you remember why Joe Biden – uh, had crapped out during his only presidential – his one and only presidential bid. Does anyone remember that besides me? It's because it was alleged that Joe Biden had plagiarized someone else's words, someone else's writings. And that killed it for him. It killed it. What about Gary Hart having uh, that the that lady sitting on his lap while he was on some boat called Monkey Business? That derailed his bid too. But somehow Obama got away with all of this, all of it, the alleged uh, communism, not loving America, not wearing a – uh, an American, uh, 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 an American flag lapel pin, talking about guns and religion. Uh, uh, Michelle Obama's mocking uh, the American dream. Kids thinking that the American dream exists. Of course it does. Um, all of that, and he still got elected. Not once, but twice. So what does that say about? The United States of America and what we expect from our elected officials. How did this guy get elected to the office of the presidency of the United States of America twice? Because I'm not blaming him. I'm wondering, and I wonder, I wonder, how, how did this happen? What is it, what have we done? What have we done? Last question. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Recently, Professor Henry Lewis Gates Jr. was arrested at his home in Cambridge. What does that incident say to you, and what does it say about race relations in America? Well, uh, I, I should say at the outset that uh, Skip Gates is a friend, uh, so I may be a little biased here. Uh, I don't know all the facts. What's been reported, though, is that the guy forgot his keys, uh, jimmied his way to get into the house. Uh, there was uh, a report called into the police station that there might be a burglary taking place. So far, so good, right? I mean, if I was trying to jigger in the bell, I guess this is my house now, so it probably wouldn't happen. But let's say my old house in Chicago. Um, here I'd get shot. But so, so far, so good. They're, they're, they're reporting. The police are doing what they should. There's a call. They go investigate what happens. My understanding is at that point, uh, Professor Gates is already in his house. The police officer comes in. I'm sure there's some exchange of words, but 
uh, my understanding is, is that Professor Gates then shows his ID to show that this is his house. And at that point, he gets arrested for disorderly conduct, um, charges which are later dropped. Now, all right, here's the deal. That's not exactly what happened. And guess what, Mr. Obama? Professor Gates is a friend of mine, too. And he is an ass. I'm going to say it right here and now. He is a hothead. He gets angry easily. And he both sees race behind every shadow, behind every tree, behind every bush. So when the cops showed up at his house, even though he was already inside, he produced identification. Then he got all up in the cops' faces and started talking shit, and he got taken down to the station, which is what happens when you do that, no matter what your skin color. And let me tell you something right now. I'm not going to make this about me, but when I moved into the house I'm currently in, I I saw a little button on the wall in one of the upstairs bedrooms. Just a little button. It was just just a button on the wall next to next to the light switch. And guess what I did? I pressed that button. <laughs> I pressed it. I didn't know what it was for, so I just pressed the button. About 5 minutes later, Cops show up at the door, and they're and and I hear this knock at the door. Boom, 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 boom. All right, and then the doorbell rings, and then boom, 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 boom. I go downstairs. I creep, creep downstairs. I look, I look out the window, and there's a cop standing on the side of the door, gun drawn. There's another cop. On the other side of the door, my door, gun drawn. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I open the door, of course. <laughs> and I said, uh, yeah, hello, hello officer, what's going on? Well, we got a call, an emergency call. And uh, from the from the alarm company that uh, the panic uh, somebody hit a panic button. And what may I have your name, please? Do you live here? And I said, Well, yes. Yeah, I I I I I was upstairs and I I pressed the button. I didn't know what the button was for. And cop wanted to see some ID. I showed him some identification. I said, I'm sorry. I, I I'm sorry you guys came out here. I mean, I, I had no idea what that button was for. And I'm a black guy, as you all know. And of course, yes, the cops were white. And they were all like, well, you know, hey, okay, well, as long as uh, everything's okay here and you're all, and you're all right. I live in a pretty affluent neighborhood like, like Mr. Gates uh, did, and I am a black man in a nice big house on the corner lot on a little hill. I live in, I live in a house – that I consider to be just as nice as Gates, with 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 you know pretty nice uh, you know security and cops around, and guess what the difference was between me, my situation, and Louis Gates. Yes, I treated the cops with respect. I showed contrition for them having to come all the way out to my house, guns drawn, 
not knowing what to expect and having they're probably sweating it out thinking that you know there's something going on in the house and so I showed due deference and contrition and the cops went away and left me alone and I felt pretty bad about it too and there was no issue but Dr. Gates got all up in the cops' faces and caused a ruckus, and that's why he was taken down. Let's check this next one out. We don't have sound for that one. But there was an angry Michelle. She was all pissed off because... She says that uh, this 911 uh, commemoration had it was she 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 said something to Barack Obama in his ear that all of this for a flag. I wish we had audio of it, but I guess the audio is not going to work for this one, and that's too bad. But she whispers in his ear, and she's kind of mean looking while she's saying it. Damn, it's pretty sad. I'm sad I don't have the uh, audio for it. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mary's out of here. Mary's got to go. Yeah, hopefully uh, uh, Mary will be back tomorrow. We we got a lot of we got a lot of stuff to talk about on this subject, and it's not going away. So we're gonna we're gonna do like a part two tomorrow because Rudy's right. America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani, was right about Obama not loving America. And who supports his view? Obama does himself. And so we're going to talk about this for the rest of the week. Lady Michelle's gone. She's got to check out. Show's almost over. But tomorrow, we're going to get right back into this whole thing. Because it's not going away. And Obama's pissed off about it from what I've heard. And, you know, once again, it's amazing that we're getting so much coverage on this issue as to whether or not Obama is a true American, whether he's a patriot, and whether he loves America. Because it's coming from a very credible well-respected, admired man. It's not coming from Donald Trump, which some folks think, you know, is kind of, kind of clownish, you know, self-promoting, grandiose, verbose, bombastic. I can go on and on with those words. But from Mayor Giuliani himself. So. This isn't going away. The issue is not going away anytime soon. So let's 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 take it up again tomorrow because the show's almost over. We got to check out, but we kind of got off track talking about some other stuff. I want to thank you all for listening because there's so many things you could be doing. And you, to- you you chose to come into my show and take some time to listen. Remember, you can find us on Spreaker. You can find us on uh, 365 Live, and. Uh, Hey, the the exceptional conservatives on in just a few minutes. I'm headed over to his show, 
And uh, I'm probably going to call in over there, give him a little bit of a surprise, because usually I just listen. So let's head on over to um, to uh, the Exceptional Conservatives uh, show. And then hopefully later on this week, on Wednesday, we'll get G-Ski back on the air, and we'll we'll check into his show. In the meantime, yeah, yeah, it's time to get out of here. Hope you all have a great evening. And thank you for um, for coming in and listening to the show. I want to say God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. We're out. down a bayou down Louisiana way, you watch the cold fog drifting over San Francisco Bay, have you heard of Bob White calling in the Carolina Pines, or heard the bellow of a diesel in the Appalachia Mines, does the call of the Niagara thrill you when you hear her waters roar, you look with awe and wonder at her Massachusetts shore where Men who braved a hard new world were stepped on Plymouth Rock. Do you think of them when you stroll along a New York City dock? Have you seen a snowflake drifting in the Rockies way up high? Have you seen the sun come blazing down from a bright Nevada sky? Do you hail to the Columbia as you rush into the sea? Or are you headed at Gettysburg? Or struggle to be free? Have you seen the mighty Teton to watch the needles soar? Have you seen the Mississippi roll along Missouri's shore? Have you felt a chill at Michigan when on a winter's day her waters rage along the shore and thunderous display? Does the word aloha make you warm? Do you stare in disbelief when you see the surf come roaring in at Waimea Reef? From Alaska's cold to the Everglades, from the Rio Grande to Maine, my heart cries out, my pulse runs fast, the might of her domain. You ask me why I love her? I have a million reasons why. My beautiful America, beneath God's wide, wide sky.